Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us, letting us be part of your day. We appreciate it. Broadcasting today from Commodity Classic in San Antonio, Texas. Stop me if I've said this before. I was here a couple weeks ago for the cattle industry convention. It was cold in San Antonio. Warmed up when I left. Guess what? I come back. It's cold again. It's going to warm up when I leave this weekend. But uh, the sun is shining, and they're expecting a big, big crowd here at Commodity Classic. And we're broadcasting today from the Cinex booth. And you're going to hear from some of the folks at Cinex. We're going to talk about fuel and lubricants. and all, A lot of good information for you as we head into uh, planning time. Lots to talk about on our program today. A little bit later on, we're going to talk with the president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council. We're going to talk with the chair of the Sorghum Checkoff. And we're going to talk with an Iowa State nematologist about efforts to fight soybean cyst nematode. All that coming up, but we're glad to start things off with Bob Bowman from Iowa, one of the co-chairs of this year's Commodity Classic. Bob, thank you for joining us. Another big event. It gets bigger, it seems like, every year. Well, it's, it's a big show. We're looking to set some records possibly this year. Uh, registration continues all the way through Saturday, our last day, and uh, we just uh, had a, a great number of pre-registered people, and uh, and also the number of uh, booths and exhibitors here is really good. We've got over 400 wow. exhibitors, and we've got over 2,000 booths that are sold here, so well, we're at capacity. You got you have corn growers, soybean growers, wheat growers, sorghum growers, and the equipment manufacturers all part of Commodity Classic. Now we have certainly seen a lot of growth over 25 years. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, we have grown so much that at this point we are limited to the number of of convention venues that uh, will fit us. I know that along with the big exhibit area. Uh, there are a lot of uh, very educational seminars that you put on here, and uh, growers from around the country come in to get a lot of good information, whether it's marketing, production, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's uh, something that we're very proud of and very central to the Commodity Classic. Uh, we stress that uh, we are farmer-led and farmer-run, and uh, we actually, as a committee, my whole committee, gets to select the educational uh, venues that we present and we've got five different levels of education we've got uh, learning centers which are like a one-hour session and like I said our group gets to pick those uh, topics uh, we have main stage events that are here right on the floor and uh, those are those are well uh, attended and mm-hmm. some really big names uh, we've got the mini what's new sessions that a lot of the uh, exhibitors uh, enjoy putting on and that's only a five-minute session we call it the speed dating <laughs> session <laughs> and then uh, we have the what's new presentations which they go into more depth and of course the attendees can always go to the booth and talk to not just the the typical trade show people it's not just the salespeople or or the marketing people they get to talk to in a lot of cases the engineers and the the developers and so that's what's important here. And then uh, we have our early riser sessions. 
and I don't want to forget the general session that we have coming up um, where we got uh, Secretary Purdue and we got uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, uh, Waldo Waldem, Waldman uh, as an inspirational speaker. So we got a lot of things going. A lot going on. I know you and your committee work hard throughout the year to put on a good event. We'll be back here in San Antonio next year again for Commodity Classic. Thanks a lot. Good to see you, and uh, congratulations. Always good to see all your hard work pay off, right? Hey, it's a lot of fun because we got a lot of good people working to put this thing off, and we work several years ahead on this. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Bob Bowman from Iowa, one of the co-chairs for Commodity Classic. As I mentioned, we're broadcasting from the Cinex booth uh, throughout the year. You hear us talking with Chad Christensen, fuel quality and additives manager for Cinex Premium Diesel. He joins us now. Chad, good to see you. Um, Let's go back. We know last year's late harvest took its toll. In some places, harvesting still going on from last year. Anything uh, that you're recommending to farmers they can be doing now to prepare for planting season coming up? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I think it's really important for these producers to uh, start thinking about running a premium diesel fuel as they're going into the, the spring planting season, uh, like Cenex Ruby Fieldmaster or Cenex Roadmaster XL. I think that's really where they want to be uh, to, to clean up any of those issues they might have had during that late harvest. What about fuel additives? Do you recommend fuel additives? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, there's been fuel additives around in the in the refined fuel space for for around a hundred years, and Cenex Premium Diesel has been a big part of that for over 60. And and I think we really do it right in the way that we terminally inject it. So we're taking out all of the guesswork for the producers. We're we're doing it right there at the terminal. I mean, there's so many variables, and and we take them right out of it. If farmers are second guessing or you know, having some questions about their fuel, still time to make a change? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we go with this uh, premium diesel like like Ruby Fieldmaster, and, and that way you're going to clean up some of those issues that you've seen uh, with your pieces of equipment. And, and you don't want any downtime going into spring planting. They don't need to be in the shop. They want to be in the field, you know, making making those um, making those rounds during the planting season. So so we really want to make sure that, that they're using a, a premium product like like ruby field master Cenex roadmaster xl you mentioned the time crunch there's always a time crunch in spring but here we are conditions are already wet and people are already starting to think is this going to be another wet spring so that that shortens those windows even more yeah absolutely and and, and with our complete additive package we've got a we've got a water demulsifier in there so if there are wet conditions and and during the spring planting season a lot of times you see that um, back and forth temperature swings and, and so which cause that condensation so that demulsifier is going to push that water right to the bottom so those producers can drain those tanks not have any downtime associated with water We've talked about this before, but those fuel choices are critical for top performance of the equipment and uh, not having downtime when you don't have time to spare. Absolutely, absolutely. Not getting caught off guard is what you want to do. You want to be proactive and run a premium diesel fuel uh, to make sure you don't have that unplanned downtime. So anything else that you want, your passing information, your tips you're passing on to farmers? Yeah, I would say go talk to your local uh, premium diesel expert uh, go to your dealership and or visit us at synex.com all right very good good to see you chad thanks a lot thanks mike chad christensen fuel quality and additives manager for synex premium 
Diesel Fuel, again broadcasting here at Commodity Classic from the trade show in San Antonio from the Cinex booth. Later, we're going to talk with the president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council. We'll talk about uh, the impact of the coronavirus on on markets like China and others. We're also going to be talking about uh, the sorghum checkoff and some of their activities with their chair, Craig Poor, a little bit later on. But up next, a look at the ongoing battle soybean cyst nematode what's the latest there some new developments maybe some uh, new varieties to talk about we'll talk with greg tilka from iowa state it's coming up next stay with us you're listening to aoa Farmers can't choose the weather, trade policy, or market prices, but they can choose the most advanced dicamba with confidence. Ingenia Herbicide has the lowest volatility of all dicamba salts for more successful on-target applications, and it's straight from the dicamba experts, BASF. So make the confident choice for your soybean crop. Talk to your BASF rep or authorized retailer. Ingenia Herbicide is a U.S. EPA restricted-use pesticide. Additional state restrictions may apply. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. It came in waves, ruthlessly eliminating the new spectrum of hard-to-kill grassy weeds in wheat. Everest 3.0 Herbicide. A new formulation makes it brutal on yellow foxtail, foxtail barley, and other tough grasses. Everest 3.0 gets the weeds you see and the ones you know are coming with flush after flush control. Ask your retailer about Everest 3.0. Wave after wave of grassy weed domination. Always read and follow label directions. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we see this tragic news all too often about death occurring in a grain bin accident. Joining us now is University of Illinois Extension Specialist Doug Gooker. If you're with someone and you know they're trapped in a grain bin, what's the first thing you should do to get help? First thing to do is make sure everything is turned off except for the aeration fan. Turn the aeration fan on. Uh, try and get some fresh air moving through th- through that bin. Uh, so if it is out of quality and moldy grain, uh, that poor person stuck in the grain is not just breathing in moldy air, which could then cause an entirely different problem for that individual, and call their local emergency squad to get out there as soon as possible because they're going to have to cut a hole in that bin and, and relieve that pressure. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Whether you're on the road or in the field, you need more than typical number two diesel. You need a heavy-duty diesel like Cenex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. It's the diesel that keeps your equipment out of the shop and restores power by as much as 4.5% and fuel economy by up to 5%. So ask yourself, if you could be any diesel, which diesel would you be? Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. 
They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction. Plus, the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today. 800-745-3327. 800-745-3327. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We're at Commodity Classic, broadcasting from the trade show floor, the Synex booth. And we'll talk more with the folks from Synex a little bit later on, but glad to talk now with Greg Tilka. He's uh, from Iowa State, Iowa State uh, nematologist. And we're going to talk about SCN and uh, the efforts on We talk about this a lot, Greg. Thanks for joining us again. But uh, there are some things happening we want to bring uh, growers up to date on. But first of all, if you say to a soybean grower, you need to know your number. What yep. does that mean? Yep. So it's the equivalent of uh, blood pressure reading for soybeans. I, okay. I draw parallels with human health. And Everybody's been to the doctor, and uh, what's the very first thing they do? Uh, they weigh you, and then they put that cuff around your arm and they take your blood pressure because high blood pressure is a chronic, silent killer. Well, soybean cyst nematode mm-hmm. is a chronic, silent yield robber. It's not a killer. It's not a death sentence, but most farmers in the Midwest that grow soybeans have it, and they don't know they have it or they don't know how bad they have it, and that's the number. We need farmers to figure out what's their number for SCN. I know you always stress and emphasize getting those soil samples done. But last year, for many farmers, it was tough to get yep. harvested, and some didn't even get yep. harvest yep. done. So soil samples were yep. probably the last thing yep. on their mind. Yep. So what do they do now? Yep. They're a little behind on that. Yeah, and I can appreciate that, Mike, because I do research in the field. So I do farming on a very small scale, and we struggled to get our plots harvested. Um, and the nice thing is if you don't get your fall soil samples collected, there's time this spring. Now, of course, we're still at the mercy of Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want farmers out sampling fields that have snow or that are very muddy. But if it's possible and the soil warms up and drains a little bit, it's not too late to get out there and pull soil samples. I want to go over this again because we're coming off an unusual year last year mm-hmm. with all the flooding that took place and uh, there might have been some thought, well, maybe the flooding took mm-hmm. care of soybean system mm-hmm. nematode. Did mm-hmm. it? Well, it's a mixed bag. There's a little bit of, of good news in the flooding and wet weather. Uh, soybean cyst nematode thrives in hot, dry soil. And so hot and dry is about the farthest thing we can say about weather last year. So it wasn't a prime year for SCN reproduction and damage. Now, the, the downside is that um, the nematode moves by anything that moves soil and floodwaters and surface erosion from torrential rains 
move the nematode in that soil that's washed. And so, unfortunately, soybean cyst nematode probably got moved to some places that didn't have it before. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. So it really didn't get rid of it, just moved it mm-hmm. around probably. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the, the short answer, now that I've given you the long answer <laughs> to your question, is you can't drown soybean cyst nematode. It's the soil, it, it absorbs oxygen through its body wall from water. And so it doesn't care if the soil is completely saturated or just a normal amount of moisture. So where are we in coming up with some new SCN-resistant varieties? Yep, yep. That's what we desperately need. That's a perfect question. Um, in many respects, it's been relatively easy to manage soybean cyst nematode over the last couple decades because the, the real tipping point was simply to have a farmer sample his or her fields and know they have soybean cysts, then they just start growing resistant soybeans and and they were perfectly fine. But over the last 25 years, the problem is that almost all of those resistant soybeans had the same set of resistance genes. And as I talk with farmer audiences, I say to them, can you imagine what would happen if you used the same herbicide active ingredient for 25 years? And everybody starts to snicker and smile. And exactly the same thing has happened with nematode resistance. So the SCN across the Midwest now has become resistant to the most common source of resistance. So we do absolutely need more different types of resistance. There is a hard to come by but available source of resistance called Peking and that is extremely effective because the nematodes haven't built up on it. And then actually at this trade show we're going to hear about a new uh, soybean variety from Northrop King, Syngenta, that has a third source of resistance. So we're making some progress, but it needs we need 100 times more new varieties than what we have available. That takes time, obviously. It does take time. Can we get varieties, soybean cyst nematode resistant varieties that also yield well? Yeah. Yes, and um, th- there's a reason why the For 25 years, those resistant varieties all had the same source of resistance. It was because they were the highest yielding. But now that the nematode has built up on them, the yields are getting drugged down by the nematode. It has nothing to do with the plant's genetics. The nematodes are pulling the yields down. And in reference then to that, the Peking resistance, the unusual resistance, had a little lower yield potential. But when you compare it to the varieties that are now being drugged down by nematode feeding, they're the higher yielding varieties. And in one experiment in one farmer's field in southeast Iowa last year, we saw a 22 bushel per acre yield difference between the Peking resistant varieties and the common PI88788 varieties. And you multiply that 22 bushels times $9, that's approaching $200 an acre difference. yield loss, having to use the old type of varieties versus the new varieties. Well, it all gets back to where we started. The loss of yield that is occurring, no doubt, on fields Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the Midwest and not being attributed to SCN. Right, the hidden yield loss, absolutely. That's why taking those soil samples is so important. Right. And when to take them, where do they send them? So every university across the Midwest has a laboratory. There's lots of private laboratories. Uh, We have a national program to help farmers deal with this problem called the SCN Coalition. And they have a website where there's a map, and you can click on each state, and it tells you where you can send your samples. And the website address is thescncoalition.com, no spaces, the scncoalition.com under resources you click that pops up a map shows the state experts and it shows the laboratories where farmers can send the samples very good greg good to talk with you thank you thank you you so much for having me greg tilka iowa state nematologist with the scn 
Coalition. As we broadcast here at Commodity Classic from the uh, trade show floor, and we're broadcasting from the Synex booth, joined now by Aaron Rogi, who is Synex Lubricants Manager. Aaron, thank you for joining us. Uh, um, we know farmers with the down ag economy the last few years, many of them hanging on to their equipment longer than uh, even normally they would. What should they be looking out for and things to keep in mind and making sure that equipment keeps performing as well as possible? Oh, absolutely, Mike. Uh, we want to, to just let farmers know that now is not the time to gamble with their operation, with their equipment, that they need to now more than ever take good care of their equipment from the inside out by using quality products, um, specifically quality lubricant products in their diesel engines as well as their uh, tractor and uh, hydraulics as they look at planting season. So a premium engine oil can extend the life of an engine then? Oh, absolutely. Just like as you get older, you need to uh, make sure you're taking better care of yourself over the years. Same thing with the equipment. You were looking at me when... You said that, you're getting older. <laughs> didn't, didn't, mean to, didn't mean to make that insinuation there, uh, Mike, at all. But it's, it's critically important that, that as that uh, equipment ages and um, you look at extending the life of it on your, on your farm, in your operation, that you're also getting those quality base oils and additives in there that protect and clean your engine and combat all of those enemies that you run into during planting season and or harvest, even looking towards the fall, you know, as, as we cycle through, um, dirt, water, heat, they all affect an engine in negative ways. So how do you, how does a farmer know when they're selecting an engine oil, how they're getting that protection? What should they be looking for? Oh, you, you, you want to look for quality and you want to make sure that you're using a product that has the right balanced formulation um, to uh, protect protect your engine inside out. Um, so Cenex uh, has a diesel engine oil product line, our Maxtron engine oils actually, that have recently been upgraded with an industry leading uh, technology, a polymer that adds durability. Um, and through the life of the oil drain, retains 80% of its viscosity. Through that, you know that there's no shearing of those additives, those detergents, those dispersants that handle those enemies. Again, dirt, water, heat within the engine. And in the long run, you're going to take better care of your engine and better care of your equipment. And you know, we're probably all guilty of this. Whatever fuel, whatever engine we have, we don't think about those things. But very much what you put in has a, uh, bears on the outcome of what's going to come out, right? I mean... Uh, the better going in, the better coming out. Absolutely. You're going to experience better performance. Um, quick starts, whether it's cold weather, hot weather, cooling in, uh, in those increasing temperatures as we move into the late spring, specifically in the southern uh, territory, down in the Oklahomas and the Texases of the world. Um, and so, you know, with our full synthetic products, even our synthetic blends and this upgrade to Endurovis, that, that radial polymer technology, you're going to get those additional benefits. Well, equipment's a big investment, so you want to make a good investment in the fuel that you put in, the lubricant products as well. Yes. Thank you very much, Aaron. Good to see you. Thank you. Aaron Rogi, Synex Lubricants Manager, as we broadcast from the Synex booth here at Commodity Classic. Stay with us when we come back. We're going to take a look at some of the things going on with sorghum. We'll talk with the chair of the sorghum checkoff. That's next on AOA. 
There's more than one way to measure success. Knowing how to measure success on your soybean acres, that's smart. In 2019, trials across 10 Midwest states, Credence Soybeans with Liberty Link GT27 averaged 1.8 bushels per acre more than the competitive Enlist E3 soybeans and 1.5 bushels per acre more than the competitive Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. So plant your sign of success. Ask your BASF seed advisor about Credence with Liberty Link GT27. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Time is money, right? And money? Well, it's the whole reason we go to work every day. Cenex Premium Diesel protects both. With a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, Cenex Roadmaster XL helps your entire fuel system stay up and running so you can count more profits and steer clear of losses. Now don't spend all that free time in one place, unless it's the highway. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Adams on Agriculture. Conversations with policymakers, the movers and shakers in the ag industry. The pros and cons of issues important to you. Cutting through the spin to get to the heart of a topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you guests important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Selling tied to fears over the spread of the coronavirus appears to have returned to the Board of Trade after a short break from the sell-off. Wheat and soybean export sales missed the projections of traders pulled by the Wall Street Journal, with wheat sales totaling 381,800 metric tons and soybeans totaling 339,300 tons, according to the USDA's latest report. On the Board of Trade, March soybeans trading seven and a half cent lower at eight seventy three and a half cent. March corn trading seven and a quarter of a cent lower at three sixty three and a quarter. March Minneapolis spring wheat down a nickel at five ten and a quarter. Kansas City wheat March down seven at four forty five and a quarter. March Chicago wheat down seven cents as well at five thirty three and a quarter of a cent. New sales of U.S. pork exports for 2020 totaled 38,900 metric tons. This week's figure is up 64% from last week and 34% higher than the previous four-week average. Driving this figure higher are new sales to Mexico, which totaled 11,800 tons, South Korea at 8,800 tons, and China at 7,200 tons. Meanwhile, beef sales dropped 28% from the previous week. Cattle futures on the Board of Trade have hit limit down in early trading for the second time this week. April live cattle trading $3 lower at 109.35. April feeder cattle down 450 at 131.47. April lean hogs down $1.87 at 63.27. In the outside markets, the Dow is down 691 points, the Nasdaq Composite down 258, the S&P 500 down 78, crude oil down $2.21 at 46.57 per barrel. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. 
This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Head to toe, everything's changed. Head to toe. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We're in San Antonio for Commodity Classic and broadcasting from the Cenex booth on the trade show floor. Happy to have with us Mark Vanderlinde, Marketing Manager for CHS Energy. Mark, thank you for joining us. Well, already we've talked uh, lubricants, we've talked fuels. Uh, what else are you talking about with farmers here at Classic? Well, you know, it really is quite simple. We just really want to stress the idea of taking a proactive approach with your equipment. If you use a high-quality diesel, like a Senex Premium Diesel, or a high-quality oil, especially in conjunction with one another, it really is the only way to protect that equipment from the inside out. Is one more important than the other, fuels or lubricants? They're both important in their own right, but really where the magic happens is when you use the two together. The benefits that you're going to get from a really high-performing fuel and the benefits that you're going to get from a high-performing oil really synergistically work even better it's one plus one equals three, right? It, it's just a whole different ballgame. Okay, so here's the big question. With all the choices out there in the marketplace, what separates Cenex products? What, why, are, why should they look at yours? Well, Cenex is the energy brand of CHS. We're a farmer-owned cooperative. The really awesome thing about that is that when we make our products, we have to elevate performance and quality above all else. We're making really high-quality, hard-working products for hard-working farmers that own the company. It's simple. Ultimately, you're judged on performance, right, and how those products do. Yeah. If your owners don't want to use the products that you make for them, there's no point. You know, one of the things we've talked about with folks from Cenex, uh, and I think gets overlooked, you look at a lot of different things uh, when you make an investment in a piece of equipment. You look at a lot of different things about how that equipment performs, but maybe we don't think soon enough about the importance of the the quality of the fuel that you put into it the lubricants that you use because those are so critical to getting the most out of the equipment and getting the longevity they're wanting out of that equipment it really is preventative maintenance right if if you're having to make changes later on because you're handling symptom a and symptom b and symptom c you're being reactive what we want to do is take the guesswork out of that we build a product that's going to eliminate as many possible problems for you right from the very beginning because, frankly, you just have way too many other important things to be doing. And don't think, well, fuel's fuel. It doesn't matter what I use, right? I mean, that's that can get you in trouble. They're not all the same. The Senex Premium Diesel products, our Ruby Fieldmaster and our Roadmaster XL, have a more complete additive package to give you a more complete burn. It all starts there. If it's dirty, that goes to the engine, it goes to the exhaust, and both those things are related, they have to work harder. So keep it clean. 
So how can uh, folks get more information about your products? You should go to Senex.com, use our locations tool, find a local distributor, talk to your energy representative at your local cooperative, ask about Senex Premium Diesel and Lubricants. And just like a farmer does you know, research into a lot of other things that they purchase or use, because they want the best, they should do the same with fuel and lubricants, right? Absolutely. Yeah, don't, don't just take it as a, well, we've always done this. You should really think about what you're putting in there because it has a huge impact on the performance of, of it and the longevity of your equipment. And you might not realize how much better performance you could get with a different fuel. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you switch to a higher quality product, you're going to restore your fuel economy to, like it was when it was new. You're going to increase your power and your oil drains can extend. And um, it just really protects the, it just, it just makes sure that you're not going to have any issues. So again, where can they get that information? Go to Sonics.com. Very good. Mark, thanks a lot. Thanks. That's Mark Vanderlinde, Marketing Manager for CHS energy. Well, we mentioned here at Commodity Classic, which continues to grow and uh, attract more and more people, but you've got a lot of groups here. You've got corn growers and wheat growers and soybean growers and equipment manufacturers and sorghum growers as well. And the chair for the sorghum checkoff joins us now, Craig Poor from Kansas. Craig, good to see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, a lot going on with sorghum, and uh, let's talk about some of the uh, different things. going. Everybody's talking China and concerns about coronavirus. I know sorghum growers are watching uh, because uh, you're wanting that market to be as robust as we, uh, you know, we hope it will be, especially with the Phase 1 trade deal. Absolutely. And, you know, things are kind of moving forward. We finally got a, you know, China made a significant purchase. Uh, but not only that, we're we're doing investments in in other countries like Vietnam with with aquaculture and uh, you know poultry poultry farms and you know we're we're just trying to expand and you know get you know get get sorghum out there and let them know it is a it is a good good formulated diet for lots of different things. That's a good point. I don't I don't know that everyone always realizes uh, all the different uses for sorghum and the market opportunities you're working on around the world. Absolutely. I mean. It's not only just a, a livestock feed. I mean, it's, it's ethanol, it's food, uh, you know, food and beverage. We have been working astronomically. I, th- I think our restaurant, you know, in the U.S. is up like 28.6% with uh, Taco Bell, uh, Chick-fil-A, Papa John's. Uh, numerous uh, universities are now using sorghum in their, in their you know, menu and their catering lines, which, which is huge. It gives the farmers just one more avenue they can go with their product. Here at uh, Commodity Classic, as uh, sorghum growers get together, uh, what are you discussing? I know you've got some different programs going on that you want them to be aware of. Absolutely. Uh, we've got numerous programs. One of the biggest one that we've just seen huge rewards from is our leadership program, which is located on lead.org uh, if you're interested in applying for that. But we have had numerous class you know we've had four classes now numerous uh, graduates they're back into local and state levels of sorghum even other commodities and other local um, attributes as well but it's it's been a grassroots thing that is we've kind of just been seeking other the rewards from all of our hard work and money we've put into it are you coming up with some new hybrids? Yes, we've got some new hybrids coming up. Uh, there are there should be three new herbicide tolerant traits, not in 2020, uh, but in 2021 and 22. Um, the producers should see some some new traits they can take to their field, and you know get a little bit more bang for their buck. Anytime you have a checkoff, 
producers are always asking, where's my money going? How How's it being used? How do you make those decisions on where that money's being spent? I know you take that seriously. We take it very seriously. Uh, we have four different main markets, crop improvement, market development. Um, I've forgotten the other two now. Anyway, sorry about that. But we, we go through, and they, they all bring us proposals, and we go through with a fine-tooth comb, and they explain them to us. We look at all the financials. We look at the return on investment. You know, what are we going to get if we, you know, if we actually invest in this project? And, you know, it, it isn't just, yeah, we'll pick this one, this one. We we put a lot of effort. I mean, we make sure that the producer dollars are spent to give profit and yield and, you know, just things we need to survive because, you know, opportunities are a little short at the moment. You know, prices are down, and you know, depending on whether you've had drought or rain, there's just one less thing you need to worry about. You need to know that when you plant it, if everything goes right, Mother Nature, you're going to have a crop that'll bring you money back to your bank. The other challenge is when you make those decisions on investing checkoff dollars, you have to realize some of those, you don't see the results for a while. Some of them are longer term than and, than others. Some are, are shorter term. Absolutely. I've, uh, this was, I'm on my last two years of my final term. When I came, I am just now seeing actual projects that are coming to play. That, you know, when I first came on, and like, all right, I'm going to see something next year. Well, you know, it takes a while. And with this double haploid, we're going to speed it up a little bit. used to be it would take, you know, twice as many years. And now we've kind of caught up where it's, you know, three or four se- growing seasons. We can we can get traits to the field. So that will speed up as the as the future rolls on. I talk a lot about the ethanol industry. This is certainly an important market for sorghum growers. has become more important in recent years. I know you're involved in a lot of different things, uh, a promotion of E15 with NASCAR and some other promotions that you have on. Absolutely. Uh, we've partnershiped with a couple NASCAR drivers, and I think as a total they've driven almost 15 million miles on E85. E85. And, and, okay. and, or E15, E15. sorry. Okay. Um, and have been a fantastic spokespeople and it's just it's getting the word out that sorghum based ethanol is is good i mean it's can be used for everything and ethanol has become an important market for sorghum growers absolutely absolutely and, and again one more avenue that that a farmer can take it to an ethanol plant and get you know some more profit out of his crop so all these issues we talk about when it comes to small refinery exemptions and levels in the RFS, those are important to sorghum growers as well as corn growers. Absolutely, because you know without you know it needs just little needs little help to keep the ethanol industry running. You mentioned prices; these are some challenging times throughout agriculture, including the sorghum growers. Absolutely, uh, one thing a lot of people don't realize, and and I didn't as much on you know being from Central Kansas. Uh, northern part of central Kansas, but, you know, the Texas Gulf can have a completely, I mean, it's unbelievable the different price. Uh, For instance, my local elevator, I'm 90 under on Milo, where the Gulf might be be positive now. Mm -hmm. And and with our news today, it did come up a little bit, but with with rails being tore out and we're we're down to truck transportation, it market basis price, other avenues for infrastructure. your crops, infrastructure, it's its all a big thing. Yeah, and that's a growing challenge. So, so issues like getting an infrastructure package passed and, and getting some improvements, that's critical for sorghum growers. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, when you um, talk with sorghum growers, then what's their biggest concern? Uh, 
obviously price is always a big concern, but what are some of the production issues that you are dealing with right now? Well, really, the, the nice thing about sorghum is, you know, yeah, the price is a little less than corn, but normally, I mean, all the time, in my area, my sorghum will out yield my, yield my corn, and I have less input costs. It's drought tolerant. It, it conserves water. It's just a it's just kind of a power horse crop. Very good. Craig, good to see you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Craig Poor from Kansas, chair of the soybean, uh, soybean, sorghum checkoff. Stay with us. More from Commodity Classic coming up on AOA. There's more than one way to measure success. Knowing how to measure success on your soybean acres? That's smart. In 2019 trials, Credenz CZ1859 GTLL had a 2.9 bushel per acre advantage over a competitive Asgro variety in South Dakota. So plant your sign of success. Ask your BASF seed advisor about Credenz for a precise variety that fits your field. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready. And health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. 
Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we see this tragic news all too often about death occurring in a grain bin accident. Joining us now is University of Illinois Extension Specialist Doug Gooker. I was reading an article that you wrote recently showing just how quickly things can happen in a grain bin. Adults can be trapped in less than five seconds and submerged in 20 seconds or less. What are some things farmers can do? The first thing they need to do is never go into a grain bin alone. And the other issue is is that if they have a crusting problem in that bin, it could give way and suddenly we're down waist deep or completely submerged and our life is lost. We need to go in with lifelines. We need to make sure we have ladders in working order on the inside of the bin and never go in a bin without someone being nearby that can quickly get help if things turn sideways. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. If your soil could talk, what would it say? If it's healthy, it may already be saying some good things about your future. Because farmers who use soil health building systems that include no-till, cover crops, and diverse species and rotations report greater productivity, profitability, and resiliency to weather extremes. Learn more about what your soil is saying about its health and your future. Contact your local USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service office today. This message brought to you by USDA and this radio station. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to phoenix our job is to unlock those jobs and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local goodwill here's how we do it when you donate to goodwill we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community so just by teaming up with goodwill you help create jobs and isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band goodwill donate stuff create jobs find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org a message from goodwill and the ad council You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back here at Commodity Classic in San Antonio. We're broadcasting on the trade show floor from the Cinex booth. Happy to have with us Ryan Legrand. He's president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council. And Well, Ryan, when we talk markets right now, we're talking coronavirus and uh, concerns there as it continues to spread. More and more cases being found. Uh, we look at a uh, market like China, which we had so much hope for after the signing of the Phase 1 trade deal. Now some questions and wondering when will we really see that kick in. A lot of unknowns because of the coronavirus. Yeah, that, that it certainly is causing a problem, and it's, it's going to uh, dampen demand just a bit. You know, we, we don't know how much to what extent, but uh, there's still a lot of people over there, and, and, and they still have to eat, right? And so we've seen China starting to take steps to comply with their Phase 1 commitments. Uh, they're starting to uh, go through the proper process to register our ethanol plants for DDG exports again. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so that's a bright spot. We heard just this morning of some, some sorghum vessels that were sold uh, to China. So things are moving. It's, it's going to be a little slower. We, we know that and understand that and really um, wish the best for uh, not only China, but, but, you know, all the countries around the world where we're seeing this coronavirus spread. Yeah, that's the main thing to get that under control and addressed. But when we get beyond that, the question going in before coronavirus, the question was, how much would China buy? Could they get to the levels that we'd heard about, 30, 40 billion? What are your thoughts? I certainly think they can. Um, you know, we, we get if we get past this coronavirus, I think we've hit, hopefully hit the bottom with ASF as well and hopefully close to starting to, to rebound there again they may not they may not hit it this year i think they um and, and it's i'm not going to speculate on how close they may get but in future years that's a very attainable 40 billion and even up to 50 billion i believe is an attainable number for them when you look at the growth in 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 their population uh their demand for protein and and their uh their raise their livestock production growing every single year they're going to rebuild that herd eventually right anything china does they seem to do it uh fast and uh in a major way so yes so a lot of your efforts are in china but you're working in a lot of other key markets as well what are some of the ones that you see as really developing markets holding a lot of potential well you know sticking with asia we, we were just over in vietnam and myanmar and we took our joint officers mission over there and that's the the officers from the board of directors from the grains council and that of the ncga and uh, we saw two very different markets vietnam is one of the largest corn importers in the world importing 10 to 11 million tons uh per year and they we only get about 10 percent of that of our corn so we need we you know they are our number two DDG market right now, but we need to get more corn in there. So that's one we're really working on. And then we went over to Myanmar, which is a country that is where Vietnam was 25 years ago. They're just starting to write the policies on corn imports on GMO, and so I think we have a real opportunity there in a country like that that's starting to develop their backdoor to China. Uh, we, you know we look forward to being there for years to come president just visited india didn't come away with a deal but there's still hope we'll get a trade deal done with them there is hope and it, you know ustr usda they've been talking to india uh, quite a bit uh, you know trying to to lay the groundwork for this deal that unfortunately didn't you know didn't come through right now but uh, you know there's talks that they're going to continue they're going to continue talking and we know that ag is very much a part of the conversation uh, we hope that our products ethanol ddg in particular that's what we're looking to get in there we're hoping that those are part of the conversation too another big pop population there in India. It's huge. And so the demand is huge. They're they're a big industrial importer, industrial ethanol importer today. We're looking for them to import fuel. And then they have a lot of dairy there, as you know. And distiller's grains is an excellent product for a dairy ration. So we're looking to get that product in there. We're talking with Ryan Legrand, president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council. So much talk about getting a deal done with the European Union, a deal done with the U.K. Uh, There's a lot of hurdles to overcome, especially on biotech and issues like that. Do you think we'll get something done with that? Uh, you know, I'm more hopeful with UK than than, than the EU. EU, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I think UK is going to be dealt with first. They, from comments straight from their prime minister, I think they're going to take a more science-based and risk-based approach uh, to th- issues like biotech, which is really aligns with what we do. So that's promising to hear. And, uh, you know, we hope we can get some things done there with, with our commodity corn and our distillers grains and ethanol. Closer to home, we're waiting for Canada to approve USMCA. Mm-hmm. Do you see that being 
especially a market, let's say, like Mexico for, for feed grains. Is that kind of going to be status quo, or do you see growth potential there? I certainly see growth potential in Mexico, and that's where I spent a good part of my career. I was a grain trader for 15 years, uh, working mostly in Mexico, lived in Mexico for 10 years, and I've seen the growth potential there. Uh, there's much more to go. Uh, you know, they are... Not only is there is their their population growing, their middle class is growing, their exports are growing, and to do that, they need more grains, and they they're, they're going to need them from us. Market development work takes time. You have to develop relationships. Those people, those buyers in other countries, have to trust you, don't they? And and that that does doesn't happen overnight. It takes a period of time. That's exactly right. It is a business of relationships. And, you know, that's what we, we've told people all along. Exports may be down this year, and, and it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. But we're here uh, to continue working well into the future. Yes, we want to get these short-term wins, but we are here for the long term. There's a reason we've been here for 60 years, and we plan to be here for 60 years more. And when you go into a country and start that market development work, how do you build that infrastructure, that network that you have to have? Well, it starts with exactly what you said, relationships. You need to get to the key decision makers and convince them that it's a win for their country, that what you're doing is going to benefit their population and their citizens in their country, and how can they make money out of it? How can they thrive off of it? That is what's key to get started. And every country, it's a little different situation, a little different setup, the political traps you have to run and everything, right? It certainly is. It's different language. It's different culture, uh, different policies, and all that has to be dealt with on an individual basis. There's not a one-size-fits-all. That's why the people you have on the ground in those countries, they're such an important part of that, They're right? extremely important. They develop those relationships that we were yeah. talking about. Ryan, good to talk to you. Thank, Thank you very you, much. Mike. Thank you. Ryan Legrand, President and CEO of the U.S. Grains Councils. We wrap it up for today here at Commodity Classic in San Antonio. Again, our thanks to the folks here at Cinex for hosting us at their booth today. We'll have more information for you tomorrow as we continue our live broadcasting from Commodity Classic in San Antonio. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA. There's more than one way to measure success. Knowing how to measure success on your soybean acres? That's smart. In 2019 trials, Credenz CZ0419 GTLL had a 2.3 bushel per acre advantage over a competitive Asgrill variety in North Dakota. So plant your sign of success. Ask your BASF seed advisor about Credenz for a precise variety that fits your field. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.